Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. All right, joining me today on Arkansas AgCast is Nathan Reed. He is not just a cotton farmer, he is the newly elected chairman of American Cotton Producers. Uh, Welcome, Nathan. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your new position. You've been you've been working with American Cotton Producers for a while, and and you were just elected chairman, what uh, in February? Is that correct? Yes, at the at the annual meeting. That's right. So tell us tell me a little bit about that, and and our our listeners, what what is uh, American Cotton Producers? How were how do you guys work? So so American Cotton Producers is. Uh, it's, it's the interest uh, organization for, for all the cotton producers in America, um, and it is administered through the National Cotton Council. So, so the National Cotton Council is, is unique amongst other commodity organizations, and, and, it, and it's, it, I don't think anything like it will ever happen again. Uh, what they were able to do way back when they formed the council was, was unite the whole cotton industry in America. So we have cotton producers, ginners warehousers, merchants, cottonseed, cooperatives, and manufacturers. So the, yeah. the whole cotton industry in America uh, is represented by the National Cotton Council. And, and through uh, each one of those seven segments of the National Cotton Council has their own uh, organizations. Um, and, and the organization for American cotton producer, the organizations for the cotton producers in America is American cotton producers. Gotcha. Um, some of those organs, some of those are independent. So, so the, the merchants have the national cotton shippers association and they're kind of independent of the council, but affiliated with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, American cotton producers is actually, uh, administered through the national cotton council because producers make up about 80% of the national cotton council. Okay. Um, and one of the, the unique things, uh, by, by having the whole cotton industry uh, in our organization, uh, a lot of times the cotton industry is able to, to, to punch above its weight. And, right. and so when we go to Washington, D.C. and meet with a congressman or senator uh, with about a policy issue, they have the assurance that the whole cotton industry is behind this, this policy. Uh, and so they're not going to get... Uh, Producers coming to them with one thing, and merchants with another, and and, and right. uh, actors with another. You, uh, so, the, you guys the way are, that I, yeah, you guys yeah. are all aligned, and it's. I mean, they that's know right. they're getting the all the links in the in the chain in terms of cotton. That's, and it's it's uh, it's actually very similar to Farm Bureau how our policy uh, is formed and works. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one of the uh, segments of the council. Uh, comes up with their own policy, and then it gets voted on by the whole council, okay. uh, by the council, and then then the membership. So it's. Uh, but what is unique is is generally any segment can veto a policy. So if if the merchants don't like something that the producers have proposed, even though they don't have near the amount of membership, uh, they they still have the the option to 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 change that. Um, so it's 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 very. Uh, I guess it's very good that, that every segment has their say. And, and when policy comes out of the National Cotton Council, uh, you can be assured that the whole cotton industry is behind it. Well, and, and that's impressive that, you know, I mean, again, you, you've kept this uh, this group together and, uh, and on the same page like that. Because I imagine you hit a few snags now and then when someone 
wants to veto something that's that's popular with another segment, but obviously it all evens out in the end, and you guys have, have kept that going. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and it and, and it and it provides benefits and values, obviously, for every segment of the industry. Uh, you know, yeah. in DC years ago, we were lobbying for for uh, domestic manufacturers to keep some some credits that they had uh, for keeping jobs on shore. You know, what, who else in agriculture? Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, uh, you know, not, not many other producers are, are on D.C. lobbying uh, congressmen and senators to, to keep something uh, in place for a manufacturer. So. Right, right. So tell me from, like I said, you've been involved with uh, American Cop Producers for a while. How long have you been involved? And where do you, and, and as a second part of that question, where do you, want to take the organization where do you envision it going so i've i've been involved uh uh fortunately through national cotton council they have a very uh very good leadership training program Mm -hmm. uh so in 2007 uh i I did their leadership training program i kind of whenever i came back and started farming uh we were mostly cotton and i'm still majority cotton but i enjoy cotton farming and, and enjoy, uh, the people in, in cotton. So, uh, in 2000 or 2007, I did the leadership program, uh, pretty soon after that, uh, I was able to, to get on national cotton council as a producer delegate. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think it was when Randy Veach, uh, became president of Arkansas farm bureau. Oh, okay. Uh, when, when he, uh, when he became president of Arkansas Farm Bureau, I think he stepped down from being a, a delegate on National Cotton Council, and I, I took his place. Okay. Um, so that's where when I got involved with the council. Uh, I, I've continued to to stay involved with the council, obviously, and grow within that leadership. So uh, a few years ago, I, I served a two-year term on the board of the National Cotton Council. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I, I guess I got on American Cotton Producers probably around 2013. Well, so as someone now in, a, in this leadership position, you know, how much do you get to guide things? What What is your real role in, in the role of chairman? And, and where do you see that going? Well, uh, a lot of it's facilitating things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously presiding over meetings and, and uh, helping facilitate policy. Uh, you know, it's we, we are due to uh, have a new farm bill next year. Right. Um, you know, whether that will get done or old when extended is, is kind of up in the air. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, uh, John Bozeman uh, pulls through his, his primary challengers and gets reelected. And, and, you know, personally, hopefully the Republicans take back over uh, the Senate and the house. But, uh, and cause it would, it would be amazing to have a, a chairman of the Senate Ag Committee from Arkansas while we're writing a farm bill. Right. Uh, so if, if, if all of those, uh, all those cards fall in place and, and Senator Bozeman's there and they take back the House and Senate, maybe we can write a farm bill and, and get some, some favorable, not just for, for cotton, but for, for Southern agriculture. Right. Uh, you know, within the farm bill, uh, we actually had a, we have a farm policy task force through American cotton producers. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday, just a preliminary meeting to, to kind of get a, a guideline for, for what we would like in this next farm bill, uh, you know, raising the reference price on all of these commodities is, is going to be, uh, going to be a big deal. Right. You know, if we're at, if cotton's at a dollar 10 today and our reference price or loan values at 52 cents, yeah. uh, that, you know, that's, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And your PLC reference price, um, 
you know, in, in cotton acres, whenever we, whenever we, uh, did the new farm bill and, and cause it, cotton wasn't in it. And then we came back and got cotton back in the farm bill. Uh, it created some unassigned base. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you hadn't been growing cotton on cotton base acres, you could only get 80% of your base in the, in cotton base and the other 20% is there, but it's, it's not assigned to any crop. So, uh, you know, there's obviously an appetite to, to try to, to rebase those acres and, and get them into something. Um, that's, that's another issue that's, that's big for the state of Arkansas. Cause there's, there's quite a bit of, uh, unassigned base in the state of Arkansas. Okay. Um, a, another farm bill, uh, that doesn't really affect us, but parts of Texas and Alabama where they do skip row cotton, uh, they only have base on two thirds of their ground. A third of the ground is, is not based at all. And, and, you know, there's been lots of talks of, of trying to get those acres back into to base acres and, and cotton base. So, and, uh, those are, Right now, those are the big issues. And can you take a, a second to explain for you know for anyone who's who's listening that's is not that familiar with the terminology when you're saying uh, you know in the base that sort of thing? Can you explain the importance of that and why it's important to you know, to to increase that to change that what it means uh, for, at the farmer level? So so historically, uh, your base your 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 base acres are are based on what you historically grow on that land. Right. Um, so and it's done through the Farm Service Agency, and that's where uh, the the any farm payments that happen generally happen through the through your base acres. Gotcha. So uh, you get whenever there's a prices are low, and they they have all these formulas. Uh, and they'll, that's where farmers get most of any kind of subsidy generally comes through those base acres, unless it's some kind of emergency program. Right. Um, right. It's important. Uh, if, if you're growing cotton, if you're growing lots of cotton, it's important to have a lot of cotton base because ideally those base acres are a hedge, uh, against risk for you. Where if, if the price of cotton's real low and you're growing cotton on that ground, and you have cotton based, then you'll get a payment to make up for the for the low price. Right. Um, but it's it's not they're they're not directly tied to production. It's tied to the acre of ground. So you could have a lot of cotton base and grow all soybeans. Uh, right. But and so but it's but, so it's good from a farmer's standpoint. It's a very good risk management tool to be able to have all your acres based. And have your acres, your base acres, reflect the mix of crops that you're growing on your land, uh, right. because it, it helps with the risk on those crops. Because uh, the price drops enough, uh, generally those direct farm payments. I mean, if, if you look historically through time, they kind of bring you back up to break even. Yeah, is, is what fine to do. Uh, so, so it's a very valuable risk management tool. I mean, not this year, uh, with, with the high prices we have, you know, there won't be any draft payments this year. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, that's not what they were trying to do. Um, so that is where, uh, uh, that, that is where hopefully we can get these, these, these unassigned base back in back base to, to crops that we're growing on our farms. And that's the importance because again, of, of updating these things, because you're locked into something for a while and, and things have changed and you need to, yes. You know, you need to get that updated for everyone's benefit. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, there is talks, uh, uh, in the, in the 2014 farm bill, we were able to switch our base around and update our base, uh, to kind of better reflect, uh, the, what, what we've been growing on the farm. Yeah. Unfortunately with cotton, since it wasn't in that 2014 farm bill, 
uh, we didn't get to add any cotton base. Uh, and so when we came back and, and uh, it, it, our, our existing cotton base, I guess, turned into generic base. Uh, when we came back and, and turned that generic base back into cotton base, we, we still couldn't add any. So, you know, I'm hoping in the next farm bill there will be some opportunities there for somebody like me who's been farming uh, almost 20 years and never been able to add cotton base. Um, right. You know, I'm hoping maybe there'll be an opportunity to, to add some, some cotton base to the farm to, so my base acres better reflect the crops that I'm growing on the farm. So can you tell me a little bit about the challenge of that and how, you know, someone out there might be asking, well, how'd they leave cotton out of the farm bill? You know, how that, how that (laughs) happens where, where, where something gets, uh, isn't included in the bill. Well, when, when they rewrote the, when they wrote the last farm bill in in 14, I believe, uh, they came up with an insurance product for cotton called stacks. It's a shallow loss coverage insurance product. Mm -hmm. Um, and we ended up not having, there was a lot of, I think there were some, some trade lawsuits going on with Brazil over cotton payments. And so at the time it was the best, the best deal that we could come up with was having this shallow loss cotton insurance program and cotton not being in the, in the actual farm program okay. side. Uh, uh, after that, we, we kind of got all that resolved and were able to, to get cotton back in the farm bill a couple of years later. Uh, it wasn't a best case scenario, but it was obviously better than what we'd had and, and, and better than, uh, better than nothing. Right. Uh, so, uh, stacks, unfortunately did not work out exactly like we were intending to. Uh, but, uh, I guess the positive is, is they actually kept stacks on. So we still have stacks okay. and we have the cotton base acre program. But the way it works is, is, is if you have cotton base on your farm, you cannot sign up for PLC or ARC on your cotton base and take out stacks. Mm, uh, okay. So, so. It, uh, it, it does not appear unless it is, is a very big disaster. It does not appear that we will receive any kind of PLC payment on cotton base. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. A lot of farmers, me included opted out of the, the, the cotton uh, PLC program this year. We just did not sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And we took out stacks on cotton acres uh, because it's a it's it looks like it's a better better product. So you know it, it's funny how they they designed this insurance product uh, and it and it didn't work as intended for the first few years. But right now, when we're in a high price environment, it actually works a lot better than the the farm program that we got passed. So yeah. Um, so in a sense, it's a, it's an either or situation. You just have to that's you, right. You have options, but for you, it's either or. And each that's has right. its, each has a, an upside downside, I guess. That's correct. That's correct. So in some history, the reason they kept stacks is, is so you've got a lot of cotton farmed in Kansas that really is that industry is, is happened in the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. Uh, and uh, you got a lot of cotton out there grown and there's essentially zero cotton base in Kansas. So they they kept that stacks program in effect for people that don't have cotton base to still be able to participate and have some type of risk management product. I got you. So, uh, the challenge ahead of you and it's, uh, you know, we had meetings here at farm bureau lately too, to talk about, you know, obviously the farm bills coming up. We, we need to start talking about these things. What uh, the goal is, uh, from your perspective and from American cotton producers is to, to get more cotton, get, get some cotton into the bill and, and see if you can update some of those things and change some of those issues we've just been talking about. Yes. Uh, I mean, ha- 
obviously everybody would be able to love to be able to update their cotton base. I guess the, 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 the downside to that, when you start talking about base updates, uh, you have voluntary and mandatory, uh, you know, th- there is resistance to doing mandatory, but base updates. Cause I mean, you've got certain areas of the country that are based hundred percent in cotton and don't grow any cotton and they don't want to lose their cotton base. Sure. Um, uh, and, and then you have areas that grow a lot of cotton that don't have any cotton base. And, and that's not just cotton. That's a lot of different commodities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but the, the problem with a voluntary base update is it's, it's going to cost more money because if, if, if you have the option to keep your base or update to, to update base, if the base that you have now pays more than what your updated base will pay on a regular year, you're going to keep your old base. Uh, so that ends up making a, a farm bill, uh, more costly. Yeah. And and, and scoring higher with, with CBO. So there's, there's all those considerations to look at. You're, you know, you're not operating in a vacuum. Uh, I, I guess we always have a wish list uh, yeah. <laughs> of things we oh, could yeah. do. Uh, the wish would be to, to have, have, uh, have optional base updates and, uh, and then uh, raise the reference price and, and be able to get these unassigned base back, back in the farm program and back, back on base acres. Well, so that's, uh, you know, the new farm bill and, and what goes in it. And that's one challenge lying ahead. But yeah. now from the perspective of a cotton producer, what are some of the challenges you're facing right now and looking ahead at this season? Uh, obviously, you know, the prices are all right, but what, what are the challenges that you're, you're facing right well, now? From, well, from a, from a micro level on, on my farm, uh, Obviously, right now the weather. Uh, you know, we hadn't. We're, we're sitting here close to the first of April, and it's, it's wet, and it looks like it's going to be raining next week. And mm-hmm. so, uh, just getting in the field and, and getting the the getting it physically planted is, right. is going to be a uh, one. I guess the first challenge. Uh, you know, the, these expenses, input expenses. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 very tough in a in a high. The the price of cotton is great, dollar ten, phenomenal. I mean, yeah. the highest I've ever, I mean, that's twenty cents higher than I've ever, or higher than I've ever been able to book cotton for at this time of the year. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, the, the problem is one of the reasons it's it's that high is because our inputs have, have gotten out of control. Yeah, um, you know, we we don't know. I mean, even we're even worried about not even at, at any cost being able to get some of this stuff. You know, fertilize some chemicals. Um, uh, so that's, that's definitely a, a, a big concern. Um, uh, I've actually increased my cotton acres personally a lot because of all the high gross crops grown in Arkansas, other than peanuts, uh, you know, cotton, rice, and corn, the three high gross crops that I grow high input, high gross crops that I grow. Mm-hmm. I feel like cotton is, is the only one I can somewhat limit my expenses on, uh, you know, corn and, and rice both take a lot of fertilize. Uh, and probably substantially more energy to produce through irrigation. Um, with cotton, I can somewhat limit my risk because it, it takes about half as much fertilizer as, as corn and about a third to third less or more of, than rice. Uh, and it's, it's the most water resilient crop we grow. So, so that's one of the reasons I've increased in my cotton production is because I feel like it's kind of open-ended on the, on the risk and expenses on the, the corn and rice. And at least the cotton, uh, don't have, they don't have the, the, I guess the cost that I'm worried about, they don't have near as much of those costs with the fertilizer and energy expense. Right. 
Yeah. So you know, on a, strategically, it made sense for you to, to go with even more cotton this year. Just, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this, this year I'm, I'm actually going to have almost triple the acres of cotton this year that I had last year, which I was down quite a bit last year. Um, and I've kind of made it easy on my farm this year and I'm, I'm pretty much going to be cotton and beans, uh, cut out all my corn, I guess most of my corn and then, uh, uh, most of my rice. So, um, it's just, uh, I guess, uh, I'm a cotton farmer and, hmm. and cotton looks promising. So I'm going to, going to go all in, uh, bought a, I'm going to have yeah. an extra picker this year and really, really give it a go. Did so, you, did you have any issue uh, with then, I know you're a fan uh, of older equipment and rehabbing that. That's something that, that you enjoy. But did you have any issues with equipment this year? Because I know you mentioned when talking about some of the inputs and things and the price challenges and other challenges just getting stuff. And I've talked to some farmers who had trouble just getting the new equipment that they ordered a long time ago. You know, there's been backlogs and, and, and issues with the supply chain. Yes. And, and fortunately I have not, I, I generally, uh, I have some newer equipment obviously, but, but, uh, I, I was, fortunately I didn't really have to buy much this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I've not had, you know, had some issues with parts, uh, sure. but, but not, uh, not, not like a lot of people are having. Yeah. Yes. The, the new equipment I heard is a, is a nightmare. Late model used stuff, uh, is going for more than, than what it costs new and, uh, the, the backlogs there. Yeah. So yes, it's definitely issues there. So, so really looking ahead, you're, you're facing the, the, the usual challenge of farmers, which is what kind of weather are we going to end up with here? And, yes. and how's that going to turn out? Yes. Yes. That. And, uh, I mean, another, even though cotton does have less risk than the other commodities, uh, it, it's hard not to book cotton at a dollar nine. Right. Obviously. But I mean, uh, you know what what happens if fertilizer doubles again and, and fuel doubles again? Uh, you're, you're still <laughs> so yeah. it, it's we're trying at this point. I'm trying to get as many expenses as I can locked in as I do uh, lock in a, a price on my crop. Right. To try right. to risk because that that's where my I, I see the the problem is even though we have high prices if if we do uh, go ahead and, and book our price and everything else keeps going up. Uh, we're, it's not a good situation. Right. You're slowly losing, <laughs> you're losing along the way. And yeah, who knows what could happen yeah. by the end of the season. So yeah, the danger, the challenges, uh, is the usual weather situation. Plus where do those prices keep going? Do they stay? Do they go down? Yeah. Do they go up? So fuel, I, I priced fuel last Friday and didn't buy any and, uh, called today and it's a dollar higher. Mm, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I got to have it, but it was, it was on a downward trajectory, and I said, "Well, I'll just wait till next week. It's going down." Right, surprise, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's uh, seven thousand dollars right there yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah, awesome. ouch. Well, look, uh, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today and give us a little uh, snapshot of things, but also talking about your organization. Uh, congratulations on the new position. Um, I hope this is a good year for you guys. So we'll have a good story to tell going into next season. Yes. And then I also wanted to mention, uh, I'm, I'm sure people have seen the advertising, uh, through national cotton council. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a program that's called, uh, uh, the, the cotton trust protocol. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with it? I've heard that. I, I will, I will say I've not, I don't know much about it, but I have seen the term. So it's, it is a sustainability initiative mm -hmm. through the national 
Cotton Council and even Cotton Incorporated, Cotton Board, uh, the, the whole industry uh, it has has helped develop and back this program. Uh, what it is, is, is it's in response to, uh, you know, our customers uh, generally are, are brands and retailers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is, is where where the cotton industry markets to because uh, to, to use cotton in their, their clothing products to sell to the public. Uh, most of these big brands and retailers have sustainability initiatives. Uh, most, a lot of them are want to be a hundred percent sustainably sourced, you know, by 2030, right. 2028. Uh, and, and what this cotton trust protocol is uh, you go online, you sign up for it. Uh, you have to fill out some, some, uh, uh, they call it a field print calculator where it, it kind of assesses your environmental impact and it's, it's not difficult at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what it does is after you do that, you're essentially certified as a sustainable grower. Okay. Uh, and, and the idea is, is to get enough American cotton farmers signed up on this where American cotton is considered, considered sustainably grown. Uh, we know as producers that we're sustainable. We grow uh, the best cotton in the world with the least environmental impact, right. but we have to be able to prove it. And what this cotton trust protocol is, is it, it proves uh, um, that it, it, it shows that we are, our cotton production is sustainable in America uh, and that it, it, it is. And what that does is it, it allows uh, merchants in, in the cotton industry to, to market American cotton as, as sustainably grown. Right. So whenever these brands and retailers, are, are looking for, you know, to be sustainably sourced. Right. As long as on American cotton, they know it's sustainably sourced. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, and so it's very important to the cotton industry, to, to the American cotton industry for sure. So right. I would encourage the cotton farmers are, are, are listening to this, please go on to the U S U S cotton trust protocol website and, and sign up. Uh, they actually have a program also where they're, they're paying, consultants to sign up, uh, like your, your, mm-hmm. your crop consult. I actually had my crop consultant signed up for me. Um, so, uh, and he, okay. he actually gets a payment for doing that. So, um, there's, there's many ways to do it and there's many people that will help do it. Uh, you know, if, if you put on there that you need help, uh, uh, national cotton council has some full-time people on staff that are, are signing up people to the U S cotton trust protocol. So, uh, I, I would, I would ask anybody that's a cotton farmer listening to this, please get on and, and, and look into it and consider signing up for it because it will help the industry as a whole and provide long-term stability to the American cotton industry. So in the same way that you're looking to the future with, uh, from the policy perspective with the farm bill, this is, this is an aspect that, that hits the consumers and the, the marketers of cotton uh, and the importance Absolutely. of the sustainability. You're looking forward to the future there. And that's been a big push uh, within the industry and the National Cotton Council, Cotton Incorporated. Uh, it's been a very big push, uh, sustainability. Uh, we, rather than letting other industries and other people set the narrative, right. uh, we decided to go in and do it ourselves. And it's, it's been, a, been a very good thing. Uh, you know, we, especially through Cotton Incorporated, we work with, I'm, I'm on the board of Cotton Incorporated also, and we mm-hmm. work through, and that is, that is checkoff funded, whereas National Cotton Council is, is a voluntary payment that, that the gin usually makes yeah. uh, through the gin. But uh, Cotton Incorporated, uh, they've done the research and, and they've they've shown or, or just in general uh, throughout the country for in the past, people wanted sustainably sourced, wanted environmentally friendly, but they generally weren't able, 
willing to pay for it. Sure. Uh, and this new millennial, uh, generation and, and below that, uh, it's the first time that, that they're actually willing to pay a premium for sustainably sourced products and products with a story. And yeah. that's where this, this also, uh, kind of comes back to just like y'all are doing with your, some of your new Arkansas Farm Bureau media. Uh, mm-hmm. it kind of comes you know, some of this U S cotton trust protocol, uh, along with that, they're going out and producing media videos, interviewing farmers and showing, uh, that it's it's grown by a small business. It's not some big corporation farming this. It's grown right. by a small business in an environmentally, uh, environmentally uh, sensitive way. So, Very nice. Well, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you very much. And, and again, uh, I hope this is, you know, everything keeps moving in the right direction. And uh, for the prices of inputs, I guess that means down. So everything works out for you guys this year. That's it for another Arkansas AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.